The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 8th chapter. The Jews answered Jesus, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, Anyone who keeps my word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say, He is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. This is the gospel of the Lord. Who can tell me uh, what the word Yahweh means? Hmm? God? Okay, that's one of the names we use for God. What does the name mean? Huh? Hmm, very good. Very good. Yahweh is typically translated in the Old Testament as the Lord. So when you see the Lord in the Old Testament, that's generally a translation of Yahweh. Yahweh comes from a a Hebrew root word, a verb, that means to exist or to be. Or in some forms of the verb, to cause to exist. Where the Yahweh comes from is that story. You remember the story about Moses and the burning bush? And when God was calling him to go and deliver his people from Egypt, to lead them out of Egypt. And Moses asked the question, he says, well, who should I say sent me? And then God says, I am that I am, is the best way we can translate that. Tell them, I am has sent you. And the name Yahweh comes from that I am. It's a form of that I am. So Yahweh, basically the best we can figure, means I am, or the one who is, the one who exists, uh, or causes to exist. And so this is Trinity Sunday, and we think about the Father, Son, the Spirit, the Creator, the Redeemer, the one who saves, uh, creates faith. Um, And the lessons today kind of all reflect that. So if you look at that Proverbs lesson, you have wisdom. Wisdom is personified, made into a person. But wisdom was there at the beginning with God when everything was made. 
Okay, so, so wisdom existed and, and wisdom even said, and the Lord took delight in me as he was doing all these things and setting all the boundaries and creating everything that, that exists. And so wisdom was present and it's kind of like an I am moment because God was present in that moment doing all the work that he had to do. In the uh, uh, gospel lesson, we read about uh, Jesus and his little encounter with, with the Jews at that time, the discussion he was having. And basically what he did was he connected himself with that event way back at the beginning. You remember John's gospel, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. Well, way back, Jesus is con- connecting himself to what happened at the very beginning. But what he's saying, and, and this you got to listen to this, he says, you know, I was here even before Abraham. And he told him, he says, before Abraham was, I am. Now, you got to understand something about that name Yahweh, that I am. That name was so sacred that the Hebrews never spoke it, ever. And even when they wrote it in their manuscripts, if, if they were using a manuscript where they were using vowel points and stuff in Hebrew, they left the vowel points off. In fact, the name was so sacred that in a lot of the manuscripts, they didn't even write the word out. They just put the first letter, which is just a little... Why? Okay. That's all they would write. It was so sacred. And they would never say it. And so whenever they would read one of the scrolls and they get to that word, they'd just skip over it. Everybody knew it belonged in there, but they wouldn't say it. So now you have Jesus saying, before Abraham was, I am. He used the word. He's speaking in Aramaic, which is street Hebrew, So that's the word he would have spoken. That's why the very next verse in the lesson, what? They picked up stones. They were going to stone him to death because that was blasphemy because he said that word. It is a four-letter word, by the way, in Hebrew. He said that word, and they wanted to kill him because he identified himself with the only name that God ever gave himself in the Old Testament. When he told Moses, tell him, I am, has sent you. And now Jesus used it about himself. The point Jesus was making is that even though I was there at the beginning, and I am, I am from of old, I am here now. I am present with you now. I am God in your midst, he was telling the Jews. And then in the lesson from Acts, we've jumped up to Peter's sermon on Pentecost. And where he's talking to the people and and telling them about, you know, reminding them of what they had done. And I want to read just the one one little verse out of there where uh, Peter says, God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it. And then exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. What did they see and hear? These disciples who only a couple hours before this were cowering in a room, 
now all of a sudden we're coming out and speaking with all boldness and speaking in languages they didn't even know before so that everybody could understand them. Peter's saying, this Jesus that you crucified, who was from the beginning and now is at the throne of God, has poured some of himself out in his spirit. And so now even though Jesus has ascended, Jesus is back at the throne of God, he is still here in his spirit. He is still I am. So, God is a God of the present. And yet, we live in a world that is bent on the denial of God. In its most crass forms, people just deny the existence of God, period. Okay, just period. You have agnostics who don't believe anything. You have atheists who say there is no God. It's just us. There is nobody else. When you think about it, evolutionary theory at its core is what? It's a denial of God. It's saying there was no God that did all this. This just all happened. So there are people in this world that just don't want to admit that there's a God, period. And they go on and figure, you know, we're in this ourselves. Look at what we've been able to accomplish. Look at all the advancements in the world. Look at the advancements in medicine and technology. There's no God. Now maybe a little less harsh than that, uh, people deny God by denying His relevance. They don't deny his existence, but they say he just doesn't matter anymore. Oh, there was a day way back when, when the children of Israel maybe, and he was a God for them. And there was a time when God needed people. But you know, it's kind of outdated anymore. He just doesn't seem to matter. We've, uh, as a human race, uh, we've advanced and we've moved beyond needing God. So God then just becomes irrelevant. But maybe, maybe the most subtle denial of God is to deny his lordship in our lives. And at some point or another, every single one of us has been guilty of that. Every one of us. Because there have been times when, you know, somewhere in my mind, I know what I'm doing is not right, and I know that I shouldn't, you know, but I'm going to anyway. Or we know what God wants us to do, and we refuse to do it. And so it's somehow God's not the master of our life anymore. We are. And isn't that... Uh, the real definition of sin is placing our will, what we want, above what God says and what God wants for us. That's what it is. That's what sin is. And so, even though we don't deny God's existence and we really wouldn't admit to denying His relevance, but when it comes to Him being the Lord of our lives, to being the one that guides and directs and the one that we follow, well, we just don't often, we don't always do that. 
we just decide this isn't for me. I want, you know, I just, I want what I want, and I'm going to do it. So God doesn't necessarily become an I am to us. He becomes uh, a has been. <laughs> uh, he was. He isn't anymore. And we've all been there in some way, shape, or form. But the fact is, God is present with us. Like it or not, <laughs> like it or not, He is. Okay, He does exist. He is relevant. And He is the Lord of our lives. And even though we can reject what He wants to do with us, He still has a plan for us and a direction that He wants us to go and a life that He wants us to lead. lead. So this God who was present at creation, who is present in Christ, who is present in His Spirit in this world today, He is with us. He is I am in the present tense for us. And that can be a really comforting thing because getting through this life is not easy, is it? There's stuff that happens all the time. There's stuff that comes up. There's stuff that puts stress on us. There's stuff that causes injury and illness and sickness. Sometimes we feel like we're just completely alone or like nobody cares or like, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to deal with this? Where's my life going to take me? And God says, I am with you. God is there for us to support us to hold us up, to provide direction, to provide light in a dark time for us. He's there to care about us and to love us. And sometimes, every once in a while, we might even just a little bit be overcome by some guilt about something that we did, if we give ourselves time to think about it. And in those moments, God will come to us and He says, I love you. And I forgive you. You are my child. I am your father. I am your Lord. And so he's there with us. He's a God of the present no matter where we are. He's not a has been or a used to be. He's I am. And he has a plan for our lives. And basically, it's to do exactly what the disciples were doing in today's second lesson on that Pentecost when Peter and the others were up and doing what? They were sharing what they had been witnesses of. You know, God's will for us is in whatever way we can and wherever we are in our life to be a witness for him. He said it to his disciples at the end of Matthew. He says, go and make disciples. And how do you do that? You go and make disciples by just being who you are and who God made you to be and sharing about the fact that you know God is with you and you know how much God cares for you, how much he loves you, and tell your story about what he's done for you in your life and share that. That's it. That's it. Make disciples. And then right at the end of that he says, Oh, and look, I am with you. 
I am is with you. 